Welcome to CTO Confessions with TC Gill. Brought to you by IT Labs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of CTO Confessions is brought to you by the one and only IT Labs, providing technology leaders with purpose-driven development teams for high-performance innovation and productivity. What more could you want? Please think of us like tech leaders' favourite off-the-shelf service, providing quality, high-performing teams off that shelf. And your host today is me, TC Gill, IT Labs Chief Talking Officer, and I'm speaking from London, UK. And in this episode, we're going to be talking to a unicorn breeder. No, not those mystical creatures that your youngsters talk about. I'm talking about those almost magical, but very, very real organisations that defy the usual business laws of physics by creating astronomical growth in astronomically small timescales. So let's not delay, let's get our guest, Saeed, the co-founder and CEO of Plug and Play, into the space to share his enlightening stories and knowledge. Welcome, Saeed. Welcome to CTO Confessions Podcast. It is great to be with you and I'm very much looking forward to our talk, uh, you know, in the next hour or so. Brilliant. That's great. So tell the audience, who are you? Which I obviously mentioned your name and what do you do? Yeah, my name is Saeed Amidi and, you know, lately people know me as a founder and CEO of Plug and Play. And, you know, perhaps uh, Plug and Play is the largest innovation platform in the world. And these days, we pride ourselves in helping about 2,000 startups or entrepreneurs per year. Wow. So in the U.S., where is our headquarter in Silicon Valley, and we have some other offices in U.S. We help about a thousand startups per year. And globally through our offices in Singapore, Jakarta, Shanghai, you know, Paris, Munich, Barcelona, Abu Dhabi, to name a few, we help another 1,000 startups Uh, build their dreams and build great companies which could hopefully benefit the world yeah i love it i mean that's a lot of startups i mean i i I, we're gonna dig into that a little bit deeper in a second but i'm really interested because you know you've obviously been involved in a lot of successes i i kind of uh, i was joking earlier on that you're kind of uh you, you, it's like you've got a stable of unicorns, you know, and every now and then a unicorn kind of escapes or kind of is free to kind of do what they want. So this is, you know, so you've obviously doing something right. What is the things that you did to get to this point? You know, I in the early days when uh, I was uh, on University Avenue in Palo Alto, uh, like on the road to Stanford University, I should say like I was actually not in technology business, but uh, I paid attention in what was going on around me. And it's very interesting. It's uh, sometimes they say location, location, location. I just happened to be in Palo Alto 
when uh, you know Peter Till started his company PayPal wow. and when he wanted to rent space from us uh, my brother negotiated the lease but also negotiated that we would put some of the money in his seed round wow. and the building that we call it nowadays lucky building <laughs> we also had uh, you know Pere Luigi Zapacasta bring Logitech from Geneva to Palo Alto and you know build a great company and if I can share with you more recently Mark Zuckerberg brought <laughs> Facebook from Boston to Palo Alto and I would say change the world. And it's just being at the right time, right place, and paying attention to what technology can do and build value and change our lives. I think that's what I did going back to 25 years. What was your passion at that time? Was it, was it to see the opportunities, to see these companies grow? Um, what was the driver? You know, the, number one, uh, I would say I am a natural businessman uh, or, you know, uh, you could say entrepreneur. So I started my first company when I was 19, 20 years old. And then when I became interested in Echo Pack bottle water business, I started 10 more bottled water companies around the world. So if you say, what is my passion? I really enjoy, you know, beginning something, building the team, and then hopefully seeing it grow and be successful. Wow. Initially, I did this myself in my own businesses. And now I really enjoy seeing entrepreneurs join our platform and build an incredible company. Mm -hmm. And I always say it's really, I feel part of their journey. You know, like it's either you watch the movie or you say, I want to play a part in the movie. Yes. And I truly am passionate about playing a positive part in the entrepreneur's journey. Brilliant. I love that. I, I love that um, concept of uh, watching a film about startups. I remind, uh, one of the things that comes to mind is startup on, uh, on one of the kind of uh, streaming channels. Uh, but actually, rather than uh, watching it, actually living it and seeing the kind of the nitty gritty and the kind of pains and stuff like that. So that's, that's great. And um, is there anything else that, about your kind of uh, the way you've kind of conducted your business. You mentioned you are a businessman. Is there, is there a particular style of, of being a businessman that has kind of uh, been key to your success and to the success of the people that you've worked with? Yes, you know, I think it's uh, important for me to also share with you, you know, like one side of my business is the entrepreneurs and the startups uh, that uh, are on the platform. But also, we have about uh, 500 of the largest companies in the world on our platform. 
Wow. Like including like Walmart, Pepsi, Procter and Gamble. Wow. Uh, you know, in Europe we have Mercedes. We have the big retailer out of Germany, Schwartz Group, that have little. So, the other part of plug and play innovation platform is helping these large banks, insurance companies, retailers. You could be in any industry, yeah. but you need to embrace technology and innovation to be able to keep up with the speed of change. Yes. So we do this with BMP Paribas, we do it with Deutsche Bank, we do it with the Generali or Unicredit. So another part of my interest or passion is getting to these big organization. Like I always say, like when I go to Stuttgart, I have lunch with the CEO of Bosch, wow. which is the second biggest employer in Stuttgart. And I have dinner with Ola, the CEO of Mercedes. Mm. And I don't know why, but I enjoy that. I, I kind of <laughs> yeah. enjoy being on the first name basis with them. And, you know, specifically with Mercedes, uh, who asked us to open an office in Stuttgart, we have done 140 pilots. Wow. So right. that means we introduced the startup that can solve a technology challenge of Mercedes. Awesome. And they did a proof of concept together. But the interesting thing is at least 50% of the pilots are going into production. Wow! And I really enjoy that because the startup wins, Mercedes wins yeah. and in between you could say plug and play is successful yeah i love this this is kind of uh you know you've got the the really big stuff you know the big players uh, and they've got big problems as well you know all businesses have problems uh, just as they get bigger it doesn't their problems don't go away they just get different problems uh, and then you've got these kind of startups are very kind of and i love this idea of marrying the the ability for these smaller companies to be nimble and kind of shift and and, and come up with those kind of solutions so that's um, so, uh, so I guess a plug and play are acting as a catalyst for, 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 for both, you know, to kind of do what they do. It's a, a reciprocal relationship. Yes. And, you know, you, in fact, asked a little question about, you know, leadership. You know, it doesn't matter if you work with the startup or you work with the Mercedes. Like I remember five years ago before we went to Stuttgart, the leadership, they call it management board of Mercedes, mm. visited us and they said we need to have culture of being open-minded and innovation. So mm. I think everything starts with the leadership, yeah. especially if you your industry is going through a big transformation and change, yes. which I could tell you like Tesla has proven to the auto industry that you could really disrupt an incredible uh, cumbersome 
industry like the auto industry yes. as a newcomer yeah. and you know this is in automotive industry this is very tough but we have even seen it in banking industry in insurance industry you know i you know to mention to you some of the investments we did mm-hmm. you know early on we invested in paypal which was kind of revolutionary in you know money transfer and transaction escrow mm-hmm. company yes but more recently we invested in N26 in Berlin Germany that says mobile banking is the future of banking wow and uh, today it was announced that they raised 900 million at 9 billion valuation becoming the second highest valued bank in Germany wow and they did it in 7 years so that could not have been possible without technology and innovation that's amazing i mean that's a that's a rapid uh uh, a rapid success story. I mean, it's another unicorn, you know, what are you doing? Have you got some special unicorns that you're kind of, you're kind of breeding, but yeah, that's, that's fantastic. So, I mean, coming back to PayPal, because I, I find that fascinating that, you know, you saw that it's all early, early, early on, and you managed to get the investment there. What was it that you saw or your, or your team uh, collectively? What did you see in that, that you knew this was going to be a good bet? You know, uh... If uh, you go back uh, to the founding team of PayPal, you know, initially they were even more advanced than uh, digitally transferring money. They actually had a product that you could beam money to each other. You know, you could, uh, there was this smartphone, I think it was called the 3DO or something like that, that you could beam money back and forth and then because they needed to make it encrypted and secure transfer it was used when ebay took off and they used it as a money transfer but if i can answer to you the most important element of any startup is the founding team I think it's more important than idea, more important than the technology. So the right founding team can hopefully build the technology, identify the market need, and then most importantly, execute. And that is really, I would say, it's been our passion to find the right uh, entrepreneur team member. Yes. And again, as you said, we've been lucky enough to have more. Uh, I mean, we have had more than 22 unicorns, wow. which is, uh, you know, yes. great the luck and record. Yeah. But this kind of makes me think about, I saw a quote uh, a couple of weeks ago that, you know, um, you know, success is um, being ready for luck when Lady Luck arrives. You know, you're ready. You just, you just know. And so, yeah, this is this is kind of. I guess you're kind of open to to these possibilities, and then 
and then people come along. And, and when you meet the kind of found, founders, I mean, what, what's the essence of, I mean, are you, are you kind of some kind of a, a Jedi that kind of notices the force in them, you know? <laughs> or is it is something else more kind of uh, real? Yeah. You know, like my father used to say, if the luck knocks on your door, you better be ready to open the door. Right. So if I can share with you uh, about seven years ago, I did a little joint venture with Axel Springer in Germany, and we wanted to invest in uh, 20 to 25 startups per year that would digitally transform advertising and publishing, you know, because the whole industry was going through a incredible disruptions hmm. with the you know twitter and with blogs and with uh, business insider and everything and then i remember in one of these selection days i met valentino and maximilian who are the founders of n26 and we had a sort of uh, investment committee that I was one out of five. Wow. And everybody said, you know, this uh, Maximilian and Valentino are not doing digital advertising or digital publishing. They are doing digital bank. Mm -hmm. And I said, I don't care. I like them. Let's invite them to this platform we had in Berlin. And it's really funny because after they raised like a million and a half from early bird, we had Peter Till visit Berlin, the gentleman from PayPal, oh, yeah. and he gave them $10 million on $50 million valuation. Wow. And, you know, then I said, kind of my job is over. I have helped that company enough. But more than anything else is it's important to identify like banking is going through a big digital change and then bet on some uh, entrepreneurs who can take advantage of this and build a mobile bank. And again, we've been fortunate enough to do it with entrepreneurs like N26 but we also are helping, for example, Kaisha Bank with their Imagine mobile product. So we like to work with big corporations that are going through digital change. And then we love the startups that can either challenge them or help them. What's the typical journey of somebody working with yourself and plug and play? I mean, it starts off with a, just a kind of like a dinner or uh, a pitch. Is it is it like Dragon's Den or Shark Tank, as you say in America? Is it a little bit like that where they come in and they're going to pitch? It's in. It's interesting when Shark Tank was an idea, they came to visit me, oh, and wow. it was like they were doing the pilot, the first pilot, but they really want to do startups that have a product and you could touch it more than software 
which is sort of we are specialized in yes because the general public can relate more to like a new i don't know product physical product but nevertheless what we do we always schedule a meeting with the entrepreneur usually for about an hour and depending on their idea their team and the pitch deck and uh, you know what is the background of the entrepreneur we then as a first step somebody must love this startup one of our hundred investment professional then they kind of champion the startup and they go to the investment committee which is related to that vertical may it be supply chain or fintech or mobility and then when that committee approves the startup they bring it uh, to the ic meeting twice a week and this process we try to do within 30 days and majority of the startups that we invest in are going through one of our programs like it could be the mobility program in Stuttgart or Detroit so we kind of get to know the startup in action in the product offering they have to the corporations yes, and that's yes. part of our due diligence brilliant i like it uh, yeah it sounds very kind of uh, yeah a nice kind of elegant series of steps to kind of get get to uh, knowing that this is this is a good bet, and and I guess you get to spot lots of little nuances of uh, these are the right people, they've got the right things in place. So one of the one of the things I'm always interested in is that because I, I I have great ideas as well, but I'm not going to pitch to you right now, say because that would be totally inappropriate. <laughs> um, but you know, so one of the things is people have great ideas, and sometimes people can have the passion to really drive it. But it's also the sales and marketing side of it. How do you actually then get this product into the market, get people seeing it and wanting it? Is that something that's missing a lot in in startups, and something that you help with? In general, uh, you know, I like to see a complete team. Like the technical team for me is incredibly important. Because even if you are a good salesman, good marketing person, mm. but you cannot develop the product, it's very challenging. Yes. The ideal situation is if you have a technical team and you could either have a very early uh, you know, founder join you who has you know, done marketing, launched a product, so you kind of need a complete team to succeed, but uh, you know a lot of time you need to pivot and change your product, change your offering after you get closer to the customer, and but you need to be able to change fast. Yes, and that's why you need both the technical team and the business team, which makes a project much more successful. And as a leader, you have to be able to attract smarter people than you and mm. attract great people. Some of the people who come to me and they say, Said, can you help me find the right engineer or the right uh, you know, sales manager? 
I said, that is your job. You have to be able to find and convince. I mean, we help them sometimes, but I always tell my entrepreneur, you have to do 98% of the work. Yes. Yeah. I guess it's a kind of, uh, it's a little bit like kind of coaching uh, when, when coaching clients on coaching coaches is is to see them as naturally creative resourceful and whole you don't need they've got everything they need they just need to go and find it and i guess that part of that exercise kind of makes them grow in in itself as well if you just handed them on a spoon you know here you go take a bit of this you know they, they, they're going to be stuck in some ways that's 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 really interesting and um so coming now onto onto you as a leader so you kind of um you know you you kind of lead your organization you kind of facilitate this this uh, ecosystem to kind of get companies uh, up and running. What's your style of leadership? How do you roll as a leader? You know, I, I think either you could say I'm uh, lucky or fortunate that when I find a good uh, colleagues and a good uh, entrepreneurial leader, I try to orchestrate the goals and objectives and metrics of success and then uh, pretty much you could you call that coaching mm. but i cannot help them run the day-to-day -day business yeah so you know to give you an example uh, we have a company actually is not a technology company but uh, it's in spain called aqua service Right. And this gentleman, Alberto Gutierrez, was 25 years old when he asked me, Said, can I go run this company in Spain? And uh, at that time, he was not managing even one person. Like he, he didn't even have a assistant mm. uh, or like a, you could call it a junior salesperson. But I told my partner, which was a big company, Guinness, Guinness Beer, or at wow, that yes. time, Cruz Campo, let's give a chance to Alberto. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, Alan Peters, my partner, thought I was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but 25 years later, Alberto Gutierrez is running Aqua Service as the most successful water company in Europe wow. with 2,000 employees, four factories, and they are the first water company in Europe to become carbon neutral. Wow. So he really also cares about environment and his people. So if I, if I could say what I at least pride myself is to find great people, empower them. And, uh, you know, still I watch over them, but let them run with the project to the best of their ability. And in plug and play, we have been able to do that in our uh, 16 verticals in the headquarter or our branch offices like in Japan or in mm. different countries. Wow. I mean, that's, that is pretty, 
Uh, that is pretty amazing. First of all, high five to Alberto, was it? Uh, okay. <laughs> high five him. Okay. I mean, that's brilliant. Uh, and, and high five to you for giving him the opportunity. It just shows, you know, that, uh, that there is potential always sat there, even when other people don't see it. So, Saeed, I've, I've got a bit of a difficult question for you. Okay. It, this being CTO Confessions. Um, what mistakes, rather learning opportunities have you had in plug and play where things didn't go quite to plan? Is, is there anything there you can share with us from the purpose of learning? Yes. You know, if uh, you go back in history, I originally started Plug and Play and it was called Plug and Play Real Estate, which right. is uh, like co-working space for startups, for corporations. You know, you could say I had built uh, we work about six to seven years before we work was born and uh, at least there is a i mean i met uh, some of the we work founding team and they mentioned they came to visit me early on <laughs> so if i could say and i tell this to my entrepreneurs I never raised money, even for plug and play. And uh, so the idea is, let's say that I grew from cash flow. I uh, built a plug and play investment arm also from cash flow. Wow. If, it, if I would say what mistake I made, if I would have uh, chosen to raise money and have an incredible board of directors, uh, I think I could be 10x bigger. Wow, okay. And, you know, you asked like, like some of my startups in five years, they have achieved great results. And it is really because they raise money, they grow fast, sometimes they make mistakes, but they scale much faster than I have, you know? So even though I'm uh, quite happy with the world largest uh, innovation platform accelerator, mm. we have approximately 1600 portfolio companies in our portfolio and we have 22 unicorns. <laughs> if, I would have uh, raised outside money. I am confident I could be 10x bigger. Yeah, yeah. That that kind of capital to kind of accelerate to get the growth going. But in a way, I'm I'm really um, I'm mean, really impressed uh, that you kind of did it the organic way because that, that feels more resilient. It seems more of a uh, a solid kind of movement forward uh, uh, rather than kind of big leap. Again, coming back to the unicorns, I don't know why, but I just keep going back to unicorns. Do you have like a mantelpiece at home where you've got your 20, 21 unicorn little figurines? <laughs> no, 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 I actually do. I have it in uh, our entrance of my office. Right. And uh, I used to like before they were only 10 of them. Yeah. I used to actually, I don't know, many people never see the real share certificate, ah. but I really enjoy seeing the share certificate and actually it's colorful and it says 
you yes. know, 50,000 shares of Dropbox. Yes. And I enjoy seeing that mainly because it reminds me of the time that Drew and Arash visited us and we made the decision to invest in Dropbox and help them grow. Yeah. So for me, it's again, it's sort of like each uh, mental piece or each share certificate is a story behind it. And it reminds me of, uh, you know, the journey we had together. Mm. And actually, it's enjoyable. It's like seeing your child grow up to be successful or your startup, yes. you know, grow up to change the world. And that is a very exciting, uh, yes. you know, for me. Maybe, maybe I'm crazy, but no, no, that I'm is not. even more important than making money. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, there's a real kind of um, a purpose behind what you're doing. There's something underlying there. And I, I, I kind of I'm, I'm sure the audience can, can see that as well. It's this kind of growth, a success, the story, the journey of success um, and, and in creating that. And as, as a leader also in, in the space you're in, is there anything that keeps you up at night, Saeed? You know, the thing, what, what are the things that keep you up at night? Is there anything that keeps you up at night? I little bit uh, refer to it that, uh, let's say that if I would have raised outside money, I could grow bigger. But what keeps me awake at night and I share it with my leadership team, may it be the leaders like in, uh, there is a gentleman, Philip, that runs our uh, Japan setup is that, you know, I, I love that if there is a real opportunity today, we should take advantage of it today. Hmm. And some people, like I generally show up in the office at seven o'clock in the morning. And a lot of people tell me why. And it's really, I think, anything worth doing you have to do it the best way you possibly can. Yeah. And, you know, again, we have incredible opportunities right now, both in uh, expansion of plug and play and investing in great startups. And I say we should take advantage of this opportunity the best we can. And I don't know why, I don't think it's greed but sometimes I feel we can do more than what we are already doing. I mean, helping 2,000 startups per year is a lot of yeah, moving so. parts. Yeah. But somehow I, I still think we could do more. And I'm trying to find that more piece. Now, I've got a question here around creating high-performing teams. Now, um, obviously, you, you invest in organizations which will have high-performing teams. Performing teams. Of all the kind of startups and organizations you work with, what are, what are the elements of um, that they've kind of sprinkled into these teams that have made them successful and made them kind of rock star developers in the kind of tech space? Yeah. You know, maybe you could call me a little bit old fashioned, but I truly respect hard work. Yes. You know, I 
have not seen a successful startup that the founding team didn't work 80 hours a week. Mm. Maybe you don't need to work 80 hours a week forever, but the first two to three years, I believe hard, nothing beats hard work. And then if you work hard, all your team members look at you and they also try to perform and work hard. Hmm. So, you know, I think dynamic of a success of a small team, of course, is the chemistry between the people, is the talent like you have to have good engineers, good salespeople, good operation people. But more than anything else is combination of those and hard work and passion creates magic. Yes. And any one of the startups we named, there has been a point that their magic happens. Oh, they wow. just doesn't happen by accident. Yeah. And I guarantee you talent and hard work and passion mm. is a very needed ingredient yes. to make anything successful. You know, one of my most successful friends that is, uh, you know, they say he's the founding member of Google, uh, Omid Kordestani. He mentioned to me, Saeed, we try to squeeze 20 years of technology development, business development, growth in two years. So that you have to work harder. You have to be focused and you have to be lucky and you could make mistakes, but you could quickly correct them. Yeah. And I don't know if everybody knows, but Google, you know, a few people like Yahoo had the opportunity to buy that under $15 million. Mm. And I think if they would have bought it, we wouldn't have changed or Google would not have changed the world like they have done now. Yes. So sometimes it's good that the transaction didn't go through. Yeah, that's that's an interesting kind of anti-pattern for success of things, of of, uh, a rabbit hole or even a route that you don't take, you know, the path that you didn't get to take actually sent you down the path, you know, where you get to. That's quite a fascinating uh, uh, take on that. And and when when you kind of talk about this kind of magic happening, I I imagine, uh, you know, it's things like communication, alignment to what they're trying to achieve. Uh, Were were all the companies um, kind of getting communication right? And, And if 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 so, what what was the kind of element of getting that communication right, or is there a, is there lots of different ways you can do that? Yeah, you know, while I was small in plug and play, <laughs> I would have everybody in a conference room. We call it the VC room at eight to eight fifteen every morning. Wow! And then when we got up to about 40, 50 people we use the auditorium to regroup every morning for 30 minutes. And 
again, some people may say that is a little bit waste of time, hmm. but for me to get the team united, get the team focus, and show the commitment to each other is an incredible part of the culture. And I recall because I, you know, I had Google in my building when they were three people <laughs> and they grew till they were 50 people. And I clearly remember that every Friday they would have an all hands meeting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Larry and Sergey and Omid would tell the whole team what has happened last week and what they're going to do next week. Wow. And again, if that communication uh, was not there, maybe Google will not be the top five valued company in the world. Wow. Yes. So again, everybody has a different leadership style, like uh, Steve Jobs and Apple. I have heard you know, incredible stories about his leadership style. But no matter what, uh, they produce incredible results. Mm. And, you know, I tell all of my colleagues, all of my startup, it doesn't matter, you know, what leadership style you have, as long as you have enough people to come with you on the journey and build a great company. Yeah, that's great. I Yeah, I love this idea of uh, communication. I always like to try and condense organizations. I mean, it's a group of people, it's a tribe, and tribes communicate. They communicate well, they communicate often, and they do it in different forms, you know? So I, it's great to hear that, you know, the, the, what you've seen is companies do that, and what you did as part of your alignment is to, is to do that as well. Make it often, those, those five, 10 minutes that people think are wasted, are probably saving days, weeks, and maybe even months of effort, you know, so it's, it's, a, it's a nice way of looking at it. And um, leading remotely, because you kind of mentioned here that you'd have these kind of sync ups in the, uh, in the, you know, your, uh, your meeting rooms, your VC room. Um, now leading remotely, how have you found that yourself at Plug and Play, but also um, the, the organisations and the startups that you're working with? What, I mean, I guess there's been some big shifts around that. Yes, of course. You know, again, uh, you know, like I believe we have right now around 40 offices around the world. So I recommend to the leadership in Italy or the leadership in France, uh, repeat what has worked, you know, so I urge them to have a quick meeting every day, like at around nine o'clock. And then hopefully there is enough passion and drive to develop their business in their own existing ecosystem and country. Mm. But, uh, you know, but I also meet everybody globally, let's say on Tuesdays at 7.30, we have a FinTech InsureTech health and enterprise vertical wow. meeting globally and we start with abu dhabi we go to paris we go 
uh, around the world and then we come to Silicon Valley. Mm. And again, that's a very short update, but I think it unites all the fintech, insurtech platform. Yes. And, you know, again, I use the comment you should only have these meetings if it's motivational and helps you succeed more. Yes. And at least for me, they have. So, and that is, uh, and the meetings happen with or without me, which is also important. So as as we come towards the end of our time together, Saeed, unfortunately, um, I've got some nice warm questions here around uh, your advice to, to aspiring tech leaders. What advice would you give to aspiring tech leaders out there and what things to avoid? You know, you know, I, I believe if a tech leader would like to launch a product in cryptocurrency, and right now it is incredible amount of data available, incredible amount of what I call case study or example are available. So they must study different startups, different teams, journey, Mm. similar to what they would like to go through. And I always say to the entrepreneurs who come to visit us, they should be the most knowledgeable person about the subject matter that they are trying to solve or to build yes and they should know all their competitors they should know not only know the competitor but know them well and how they can be better than them Uh, how can they execute better than them but all in all i really tell you know I I really, again, that's where the hard work comes from. I like uh, the founding team to have put in six months to a year of sweat equity before they come to raise even the seed round. Wow. Yeah. But it's a lot to ask. I mean, like I I ask for everything. I don't (laughs) get it all the time. Yes, but yeah. but I believe in uh, you know that. Let's say I. This is why I love uh, startups out of universities, because sometimes it is like their thesis, or sometimes is their engineering project that mm-hmm. they have worked on for six months to a year, and then suddenly it becomes a product. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, we fund about 50 to 60 startups per year straight out of universities wow that's pretty impressive yeah i bet i bet you those graduates they feel very lucky to uh i bet you this kind of like a present isn't it you know kind of thing you know and i i love that idea of kind of receiving them as they kind of leave so they they, they kind of stay focused on what they're doing and yes you know i think they are really again lucky and fortunate but i think i'm luckier if yeah. I come across yes. them and, you know, we could help them a little bit in their journey. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And and that's the kind of um, your advice to tech leaders. What are the books or podcasts 
or um, events, things that you've seen have made a big difference to your journey and defined your leadership? What are the people's kind of leadership journeys? You know, uh, I believe there is a book uh, recently I'm reading, it, What It Takes. Mm. I think uh, Mr. Shortsman of Blackstone wrote it. And I recall in his uh, early trying to build the largest private equity company in the world, he had a lot of challenges. And the first couple of chapters talks about endurance and hard work and being persistent and on and on. Again, uh, I love the book, Good to Great. In uh, any like stuff that I have come across, it's not an easy road. Mm. But if you are passionate about it, if you're having fun coming to work every day, it is not considered hard work. It is considered hard play. Mm. And when you're playing, you have, and maybe that comes from name plug and play. Mm. <laughs> when you're playing, it reinforces the energy and the productivity. Yeah. And again, I, I, if I had one word of advice to entrepreneurs, make sure what you do, you love it and you enjoy it every day, as well as the people who you work with, you must really enjoy their personality there you don't have to be alike but you have to enjoy spending time together yes i like that the people coming together loving each other's company creating more than the sum of what they what they bring you know it's uh i've seen some teams like that and they are quite kind of uh, wonderful to watch and i've been fortunate to be part of teams like that uh, particularly here at it labs so I'm going to pretend right now, say, to be a genie, okay? So if you can imagine, I've gone all blue, I've got a blue face, I've got a pigtail, and I'm going to offer you uh, uh, offer you a tech wish, okay, for your tech leadership or for your, your companies. What, what would you wish for? You know, I, in fact, I am striving to do that. I would love to have 20 new, exciting leaders to join me because the speed of our growth is so much that we cannot keep up with the opportunities and growth so you know i love to find uh, 20 entrepreneurial leaders that can join us uh, and help us in our growth and excitement growth and challenges in our growth Brilliant. so Send me 20 great people, please. <laughs> I, I've got a feeling my wish is already coming true as people are listening right this moment. There's probably 20,000 kind of uh, uh, applications. But yeah, I'll see what I can do on that front. And and also um, being uh, somebody that's been involved in so many unicorns. I mean, it's just unicorns everywhere. I, all I can see is unicorns. Um, is What's your wish for the kind of wider world? Because I know you've got some, uh, you're doing some great work, uh, you know, in, in various kind of programs. You kind of, are part of what's your wish for the for the world as a whole kind of thing you know in the last two years i mentioned to some people i changed my name 
from Saeed Amidi to Saeed Sustainability Amidi. <laughs> and, you know, like as much as I enjoy helping entrepreneurs build their software company and grow and build value, I am trying to apply what I have learned to environmental impact, reducing the carbon footprint, alliance to end plastic waste. I hope that I can dedicate at least 30% of my time the next 10 years to make a positive impact in the climate. Hmm. You know, I I believe, uh, you know, medical technology has changed. People are going to live much longer, but we need to be able to have a better environment, better uh, infrastructure and cleaner air, cleaner water, cleaner oceans. Mm. So again, I I am uh, trying to do my part in it. But if you ask me what is what I want from everyone is to dedicate some of their time, energy, and we have to solve this uh, problem. It's we don't have at least for the time being another planet to go to. Yeah, absolutely. It's a together problem and it's going to have to be a together solution. So that's great. I think that's a wonderful note to finish on, Said. I've really enjoyed our conversation. And, uh, you know, I, I was going to mention unicorns again, but I won't. <laughs> you know, a, re- a really brilliant. I just, I just see all these kind of people doing really well out of your work, out of your team's work and bringing, uh, you know, these really smart people and, and creating a success for themselves and for the wider world, you know. So brilliant. Thank you for your time. Wonderful. It's a pleasure talking to you and talking to your audience. And thank you for inviting me. Brilliant. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much. Well, a mega whopper wow. You know what? I'd done my homework on Saheed and Plug and Play, and I was kind of ready to hear about the success that he and his team have created. But the mental preparation for what was shared still didn't stop me from being blown away. It was almost like being at a rock concert, but instead listening to a rock star business band, Plug and Play. It felt like standing in front of one of those very large concert speakers, feeling the impact of that constructively disruptive noise Plug and Play makes in their field of expertise. What a bunch of rock stars they all are. Making a difference not only to small startups, but the very large, very established enterprises. Creating a win for the startups, a win for the big boys and girls, and a nice tidy win for Plug and Play. Well, it's safe to say that that podcast was saturated and dripping with great takeaways for tech leaders. So what were your key takeaways? Here are my top three takeaways. Number one, as startups, don't just create great teams in your area of expertise. Create an holistic approach to business greatness. Size description of cross-functional founding teams that has all the moving parts for growth, innovation and delivery, and not forgetting the sales and marketing aspect of a business. If you can't sell it and nobody knows about it, what have you got? Not a lot. And my second key takeaway from Saeed is about meetings and not just having meetings to consume time, but ones that deliver value to the business. Understand the lessons learned from other businesses and philosophies like Agile. Understand the why of meetings. And for those repeating meetings, create the right cadence for your business 
And again, get clear on the why for those and transmit that why so that people turn up with an intention in mind. And of course, make the meetings motivational. We all know those meetings where you come out feeling the total opposite. Good meetings may consume some time, but these sync-ups, these gatherings can save organisations weeks, even months, maybe even years of work and money. My third key takeaway is about missing opportunities and seeing them as a blessing sometimes. Don't dwell, just move forward. As Saeed shared about something his father used to say, be ready when Lady Luck arrives at your door. Be ready to greet her with a glee, invite her in, with a house prepared and ready to take full opportunity of that visit. So thank you for your time, Saeed. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation on and offline. I'm guessing you and your team have some kind of Steve Jobs reality distortion field where things seem to just converge for the better around you. And I hope those projects of sustainability really do hit the ground and start making a difference to the world that we all live in and need to look after. So thank you again, Saeed, for your time. And may the force continue to be strong in you and your team. And finally... Remember to subscribe to CTO Confessions podcast and IT Labs newsletter where you get regular tech articles and invites to the IT Labs webinar series. URLs for this can be found at the bottom of this page. We are consistently creating material to create, nurture and support a community of tech leaders. And of course, if you want to know more about IT Labs services, including our Teams as a Service service, please don't hesitate to get in touch. As mentioned in the intro, please think of us like tech leaders' favourite off-the-shelf service, providing agility, high-performing teams off that shelf with a wide breadth of skill and knowledge. Well, that's all, folks. Look after each other and keep safe. Wishing you all a good day or evening, wherever you are in the world, from all of us here at IT Labs. Live long, live well and prosper. Until we meet again on the next CTO Confessions podcast.